Hello world and welcome to Notorious P.O.D. This is episode 39. I'm your host, Big John Bass. It's another Hip Hop Forum episode, which means I'm joined by Cal. What's up, Cal? All right. How you going? I'm all right. You, you looked like you'd done something there that was going to No, I am reading the running order. Okay. And I am looking at your <laughs> submissions for the Hip Hop Museum. Yeah, we'll get to that because yeah. I, I didn't want to put them in there because I knew it would make you laugh. And now you've seen it, it's ruined my joke. Um, yeah. We will we'll, get to we'll that. We'll just carry on. We'll just carry on. <laughs> we'll carry on. And we also joined by Thelonious motherfucking. What's up? Up in here, rummed up. Rummed <laughs> up. Ready, Love ready to roll. Love it. I'm I'm on um, the traditional Heineken's. Tea's on the rum. Cow's on a lovely um, mineral water. Very yeah. sensible, mate. Very sensible. What I like about yeah. Cow is, and and T, you'll you'll back me up on this. Is no matter what, wherever we are. Like he's he's pr- pretty much like whenever I've been in his company, ninety nine percent of the time he's like fully sober to like just sticking to the waters of soft drinks. But it's like his insults are of a man who's had a couple of pints. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So he's just ready with like, yeah, yeah, you're fucking, you're a cunt, mate. And it's just like doing that sober is so impressive. I love it. It's my favorite I reckon, thing. About it. I reckon what Carl does when he's out with me is that he he probably throws his beers on the pavement. Or, you know, Dan, you know, probably throws it over his shoulder, doesn't drink yeah. at all. He's watching us all get caned and just says awful things. And then he reminds me the next day, oh, T said something terrible the other day. I'm like, I didn't fucking say anything. He's like, yeah, I did. Because <laughs> he, he was absolutely sober, that's why. Yeah. I do always remember what happened. Like, I don't, especially when we go to football, because I can't really drink beer. Like, I'll drink two beers and then that's it. I'm done. So... I'll be out with you lot and T will start getting on the rums and all of that. And he'll start getting really cunted and s- terrible things will start to happen. And so the next day when he's like, oh, I feel terrible. I'm like, you said this last night. Ha 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 ha. You did that. <laughs> I, so I basically, people like that. Yeah. He's a government witness. That's all. That's all he is. He's, he's, he's Henry Hill, mate. He's Henry Hill of the podcast. That's it. <laughs> uh, right. Just a couple of bits of order. Um, we mentioned it last couple of episodes, but the website has now got the ability to receive your questions. So we normally ask for questions on social media. If that's not your bag, if it's not your jam, fair enough. Um, you can now do it on the website, which is uh, www.notoriouspod.com. If you're an artist and you want to send us your music, you can do that. If you like reading articles, there's a lovely new uh, James Holder article about samples, which we covered in our last episode. And he's going to basically write an episode to sort of follow on from each episode that we record so it'll pick up on a topic that we're doing on this episode and it'll be out in the next kind of week or so so make sure you check that out um right let's get into let's not fuck around let's let's jump into the street report a couple of um couple of important dates we want to cover and then we're going to talk about this hip-hop museum um, article that cal referenced there very quickly so uh rakim 53 last week i think he looks older if i'm being <laughs> honest yeah, <laughs> you know you know i know it's a bit of a cliche you know like black don't crack and I usually agree with that. But I think Rakim looks like he's had a tough paper round, Cal. What do you think? Sure, I'd agree with you. Do you know what it is? I think it's because he's he's really he's quite slim, isn't he? He's quite mm. a slim guy and he's quite he's got quite a um quite a drawn face. Mm. And you know, Lennox Lewis once said there's no such thing as a skinny king. And he sh- <laughs> and he sh- he shouldn't be as slim as he is. He needs to put on about 20, 30 pounds, and I think that would do a lot for him. But I, I I know what you're saying. He does look he does look his age, doesn't he? Bless him. He does. The thing with Kim is he always looked the same. So he yeah. looked the same as he does now, and he was like in his twenties. 
So it's not like he's aged. He just, he just always looked old from when he was young. So it's a good got, point. Just got one of those faces. But um, he's one of these guys who has to be in my top five. And the thing was, it's not like I was into him and he was in the, at his peak. Mm. I've not listened to a lot of his solo stuff, but well, I think the first two or three albums did about, uh, with um, Eric B, just fucking absolute monoliths in the world of hip hop. And, you know, the guy's just a legend. And just just when you see the reverence, when people speak about him, you know, like they speak about him in harsh tones, you know, similar with Jay Diller as well. And it's just really nice that every time it's his birthday, you always see these nice videos coming out. I think there was a video of when DMX met him, I think it was for the first time, but DMX was like, oh my God, fucking love you, blah, 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 blah. And I just love seeing you know, your heroes, respecting their heroes as well. And this is really nice to see. I just love Rakim. Everyone loves Rakim. Yeah, I think that's the thing, Matt. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's it's how his peers talk about him, or, or even not just his peers, but like people that have come after, you know, even people that are outside the world of hip-hop that just respect him and, and look up to him. And I think, like, we, we've spoken about it before, is like his style, his flow really did change hip-hop. And there are there are a few artists that, that sort of elevated the art and he was definitely one of them. Um, so yeah, so big shouts to to Rakim on his uh, his fifty third birthday was last week. So big the up God yourself. MC. You can't the... say I can't say his name without saying the God MC. Yeah. If, if anybody ever says, oh yeah, la la la, Rakim, like oh the God, the God MC, like yeah, he's just a special man. Just the God man. MC, Rakim Allah, just yeah, yeah, absolute yeah. G. So so happy birthday to the God MC. Um, also, Camp Lowe's Uptown Saturday Night album turns twenty four. Um, which again, when I hear these like I hear these dates, I like I hear the sort of numbers, and I'm like the twentieth, the twenty fifth anniversary. I'm like, yeah, that's a long time ago. And then I really think about it, and I think, no fucking hell, that is a that is a long time ago. And these albums like do stand the test of time. I guess the obvious thing from this album is uh, Lucini, mm-hmm. and that track I think is one of the rare tracks in hip hop that is is genuinely timeless. Like it is so so perfect the way that it uh, is still just so yeah it's just so timeless such a flawless track um boys uh, T I'll start with you uh, memories of this album fan of this album I mean I love the album but I didn't batter it as much I mean a good mate of mine who may one day grace this pod um Carl was massively massively into um Camp Lowe and that album and Lucini as you said is one of those tracks that's just timeless um. I mean, the beat pretty much is lifted from um, an old 1980 song by a Dynasty called Defenses in the Land of Music. And since that song's come out, I think Angie Stone does a song over it. I just always think of Lucini and not the, not the original. But yeah. it's just so cool. And the thing of their style, it's just um, it's a very timeless style as well. I think you've got maybe the cool kids who you would say are in any way similar. Mm. And it's just a glorious album. You've got Cooley High and Spark, I forget, Sprinkle or Sparkle, one, one of the two titles. It's just... You know, glorious album and just time just flies. It just ages me when I hear these albums getting turning twenty four and twenty five and and whatnot. But I love Camp Low. Anything to add on this, Cam? Yeah. Um, earlier on today, me and T were we were kind of talking tactics about Below the Belt because we recorded Below the Belt yesterday, and I said to him, um, "Never admit when you've never seen a fighter. Watch <laughs> watch them watch them for two minutes on YouTube." And then you can then you can talk like you're fucking you're the knowledge of that person. You know everything about them. You wing it. I've never heard Camp Low in my life. Never heard this album. Good chance it's trash. Um, <laughs> also, 
slightly offended at the idea of T invited his inviting his mate onto this podcast. <laughs> Not going to happen. Forget it. The uh, thing is, you're, you're you're like him more than me, so that's the irony. <laughs> if you're <laughs> if you're out there, Carl, don't bother, mate. <laughs> Savage. This is what I mean. I told you this. This this year is the season we start a beef, and now we're just starting beef with people's friends. Like not even at the pods. Just like you got a mate who wants to come on. Fucking come on, Ed. Oh, does he? Does he? No. Yeah, fucking oh, friend. Friend. <laughs> fucking podcast friend. Oh. Perfect, uh, mate. To be fair, though, it's a good point, right? Which is that I feel like there's sometimes there's a an embarrassment around not knowing a certain rapper like yeah. their body of work or knowing a certain album and it's funny i'm exactly the same when people go yeah you know because on this album when he's doing it i'm like i don't know that album i'd never heard it and so it's like you 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 have one or two options you either just nod along and just play it cool and just be like yeah yeah totally yeah yeah or you have to just admit it that you don't don't know and therefore not pass judgment to be honest like i um i got into this album really late again it's not an album i know particularly well lucini was a track i knew completely separate to the album that i just thought was fucking banger and then like much later like revisited the album so i'm also not an expert but it's one of those like the artwork is quite iconic it's one of those i always like recognize it um and again like when you have a a sort of record that leads the album that is so iconic like lucini then it's it's kind of it's always going to be in that classic category so it's a fair point it's one that I don't know if it was you, John, who shared the story that I think it was Jay-Z that wanted the beat for that, mm. that Ski Beats produced, but Camp Low God, I don't know if it was you who shared that. Um, yeah. With that album, I don't know the album back to front. It, that album, I mean, those times there where you had to buy an album to hear it or have a mate who had it. So I never bought it, but there's a track called um, Park Joint, which uses, um, so I don't know how many of the listeners are familiar with the main ingredient by Beat Rock and CL Smooth, but in between the songs... Yeah, like little instrumentals that he just feed in, and one of the instrumentals from that was the was the beat for Park Joint. That's one of the things that stood out for me about about Camp Low. But yeah, I think in in hip hop, it's almost embarrassing if you don't know every bar or every album that was ever made. And you know, shit happens. I wouldn't say that Camp Low um, was it Uptown Saturday Night is one of the albums that you must must know. What struck me about the album title that as a film is from a 1974 film. Bill Cosby, Sidney Poitier. The only reason I remember that is because I remember it being on TV when I was a kid and mate said, you got to watch this film. Never watched it. But I remember the title. Not my favourite actor of all time, by the way. <laughs> Sidney Poitier. Um, let's talk about some other other bit important dates. This week, as we record, um, new Conway album. If it bleeds, it can be killed. I don't know if that's like a Predator, sort of Predator quote. If it bleeds, I can kill it type vibe. Uh, but that is out on the 5th of Feb. So, um, Cal, are you looking forward to this? Are you excited by this album, mate? Or have you got have we got Griselda um, affiliate fatigue? Yeah, it could be Griselda fatigue, couldn't it? But um, I think this might be his last project on his deal with um, Griselda, and then that might be it, or he'll go and I don't know, go and sign with somebody. Um, I don't know what who. Um, he's, got his, he's got his label already, so I think ah, uh, this album's of that label. That ah, okay, excellent. Yeah, I saw Big Ghost posted it, so I imagine he'll be on the production quite a bit. Um, so yeah, excited. It's Conway. He's great. Like he's such a great lyricist. Uh, maybe not. Uh, I don't think he's the all rounder that Benny is, but I think he's the, the the guy that's got. If you want straight bars over gnarly beats, then Conway's your guy. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Yeah, how about you, too, side? I mean, it's a very very great point that Cal made that Benny's an all rounder because Benny had um. I think yeah, Big Sean on the album, 
you couldn't really see um, Conway having an album with Big Sean or your favourite Little Wayne or rappers like that. But Benny's really willing to collaborate with anyone, and it'll still sound good. But I wouldn't say I'm, ex- I'm that excited about the release. But what I've always said about Griselda that they put their music out, and in, in the years to come, you'll end up you know, listening to the albums anyway. So there's albums like Operation Doomsday by MF Doom. I didn't listen to that at the time. Years later, I really fell in love with the album. And maybe that's what will happen if the Griselda releases. Right now, I don't have the time to listen to them all. But years to come, I might say, you know what, that West Side Gun album, Pray for Powers, is fucking amazing. But that, as it stands right now, it's not an album that I know back to front. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think you're right. I think there'll be a, a point where it'll be like, fuck, remember when Griselda were massive? Like, I'm going to go back and have a look, and there'll be so much good stuff that you can just sit there and just play it all through. So it's a really good point. Um, cool. All right, well, this week um, we had a really interesting story that falls under our street report um, section, which was uh, a hip-hop museum is due to open in the Bronx in 2023, which is it's pretty cool. It's, like, it's time that hip-hop as a, a cultural phenomenon that it is um, is celebrated in that way. So I was thinking, right, we've got, we've got a couple of years um, before it gets built. Maybe we could, like, champion a couple of exhibits that we would like to see in there. Mm. So I was thinking maybe we could, like, either between us or each, we could come up with, like, three three items from hip-hop history that should definitely be there. So this is my, it's just a working list. This is not the final yeah. list. But I, I thought um, <clears throat> Prodigy's Egg that he choked on. <laughs> I think that'd be pretty, that'd pretty, pretty good. The Bullet from Meg The Stallion's Foot. Mm-hmm. That'd be that'd be nice, and I think this one would be my favourite, which is um, twenty-three different sperm samples pumped from Little Kim. <laughs> so I think you know, I think there's definitely some sort of you know, um, you know, Black Mirror. There's that Black Museum where it's just like all dark stuff to yeah. do with like murders and deaths. Yeah. I, I visualised it that way of like iconic things that happened. Um, you know, you could get like the the Biggie and Tupac murder like memorabilia that kind of shit um so so are there any other suggestions maybe not so uh brutal and savage but any other suggestions of stuff that should should definitely be in there i'm 100 bet that callan's got this all written down i don't you know i actually had a think about it earlier on and the first thing that that uh came to mind was puffy and mace's shiny suits yes put them on a mannequin spinning around with lights i thought that'd be a nice that was the first thing i kind of thought of because my initial thinking was like oh you know maybe like tupac's death row chain or something like that um but yeah i think i'm gonna say puffy and mace's uh shiny suits from the mo money mo problems album uh video sorry fair i mean the thing is i'm trying not to be too east coast centric Mm. but you know um it's hard to look past cal's favorite group run dmc in terms of um (laughs) You know, the Adidas memorabilia, you know, the, the Truby hats, the, the gazelles, the gazelle glasses. Um, also thought about EPMD, the, I think the 190 Mercedes on their album covers. Shout. In, t- in terms of the West Coast, maybe some of, maybe one of the cars in Dr. Dre's early videos of the hydraulics of the cars pumping up and down. Mm. That, that, that could be another option. And I think, I don't know if it's nothing but a G thing or Dre Day where they're playing netball on some kind of beach. Not netball, yeah. volleyball, volleyball, beach volleyball. And mm-hmm. um, a lady's got a skimpy top and someone runs away with the top, holding it up yeah. in there and, uh, and their tits are pixelated out. So maybe we can get that top. <laughs> yeah, in there And, you know, give it give it a smell sample as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, could, we, 
we could add that with the um, Prodigy's egg and the sperm samples. It's like a scratch and sniff, and you have to guess which one it is. You know, like there's a interactive bits at the Science Museum. It's like that. Scratch it. So it smells like cum. No, it's 23 <laughs> different types. <laughs> Actually, now while we're being scumbags, it makes me think of the, the um, you know, the Foxy Brown album covers. They were always like quite provocative. So like something that could go into the museum would be like one of her outfits or something like that. But I remember um going up to central london there was like mr bongos and sister ray and all those shops up at oxford street and um in one of the shops i think it was sister ray actually um it was called selector disc at the time but then it changed its name to sister ray and in the foxy brown albums they would actually take the books out they wouldn't leave the books in the cases because people were nicking them so they could beat their shit over it Fucking hell. Another exhibit A, men are trash. Another yeah. classic. For yeah. fuck's sake. Yeah, it had like the case there and then like the like a piece of paper that said, as these keep getting stolen, you'll have when you buy the album, you'll get the book with it. It was just like, oh my god. <laughs> Amazing. Hell. Men are scum. Men are scum. That really is, are. That yeah. is fucking bleak. All right. Well, look, on that note, um, that sums up this week's uh street report. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Maybe it's some TI shit and just grooming bitches. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which we, we actually haven't included in the running order. And uh, I've just started recording as well. So allegedly grooming bitches. Um, but we should, we should definitely pick this up on another episode. Nice. Yes. Uh, what what we should do is we should basically have like um scumbags of hip hop list and we should just run through all the fucked up shit that these geezers are up to. It's gonna be a twenty four hour podcast. I mean our <laughs> our friends our friends at Breaking Atoms, I think it was I've forgotten the guy's name, because of an S is it Summit? Yeah. Yeah, he did a twenty four hour podcast and um if you were to do a podcast about scumbags in hip hop, <laughs> we'd probably do forty eight just nonstop. You could, you, know could, I mean. you could spend for 46 hours just on us free, to be honest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was there was also like the Rick Ross one, wasn't there? There was one of his like interviews that came out where he said, oh, I wouldn't sign a female rapper because I would probably end up banging her or something. And then there's that video of um, him dismissing that woman and he's just been really colorist and oh. I don't know. I mean, we've really just got to start holding people accountable and that's one of the beauties of the younger generation is that they're doing these things i mean people of my age in their 40s see these things and kind of let it pass by but the younger generation aren't having that shit you know talib kuali is pretty much underground but funnily enough the girl who caused him to get binned off she's still getting abuse on twitter to this day so it's just fucking terrible fucking hell savage i know Um, Thing is, mate, I'm really bored. So I, I you know, I start all these. I start all the auto accounts because I just think, oh, what can I do? Do you know what? Let's go for that bird that was mugging off Talib Quilly again. You know, I just yeah. get bored. I'm sorry, mate. Yeah, let's go in on there. Fuck it. Um, that's what that's what auto accounts are for. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Talking talking about uh, men and women and how harmonious they can be. Um, in this back in the day section, we're gonna the first part is about hip hop and R and B collaborations of which there are many between the female of the species and the male of the species. So um, I think, uh, T, you put this one in, didn't you, Mick? So I think this was uh, come off the back of a Twitter uh, tweet that you put out. God, yeah, and I've absolutely forgotten <laughs> until you just <laughs> mentioned it. But um, you know what? Initially in the 90s, I was a massive, massive R&B head. Hip-hop was very, very much secondary. I was a massive R&B head. Um, 
absolutely worshipped Mary J. Blige and Jodeci. And at that time, hip-hop and R&B, they weren't really collaborating that much. Um, the other day, I mentioned it to you guys, there's a podcast called um, Jacked by Wondery about um, New Jack Swing. Mm. And this is the first kind of um, foray of hip-hop and R&B kind of melding together. You know, the kind of singing over hip-hop beats. And even there was a bar in an EPMD song, I think it's Headbangers, hip-hop, no R&B singers, because it just, just wouldn't do that shit back, back then. But then as the 90s went on, there's a lot more hip-hop and R&B collaborations. And I mean, some of them are absolute classics. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, the question is going to be, you know, what's your favourite hip-hop R&B collaborations? The one that stands out to me, I guess it's probably touched me, teased me. There's better ones than that, but that's just the one that's in my head. You know, Case and Foxy Brown. At the time, I wasn't keen, but then as time went on, I just absolutely rinsed it. I bought that on one of those white label vinyls where you've got like um, six songs in it, just random songs. It's got, um, it's got Touch Me, Tease Me, and it's got a song by a guy called Turn What You Like, and I've forgotten the other songs in it, but that's what springs to mind. Nice. How, how about you, Cal? Any um, hip-hop and R&B? Loads, 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 loads. There's so many. Um, one of my, probably one of my favourite records ever is the One More Chance remix. Um, oh my yes. God. I've got that vinyl, man. Fuck me. Yeah. That... Oh, sorry. I don't, don't know. Oh, you're, you're fine. Gone. You're fine. Mate, when that song came out, I was like, oh my God, what on earth is this? Yeah. And what you've got to kind of recognise is that back then I had no idea it was um, a DeBarge song. Yes. I'd, oh my God, the beat's fucking amazing. Oh my God, he got the video, it's got Faith, it's got Mary J. Blige, it's got I think that TLC and the Brat and all these women in it just kind of dancing with Biggie. And you've got like Faith singing the hook, you know, one more chance. And I think, I don't know all the words of many songs, but that's one of the songs I know all the fucking words to. And that's probably... That's probably the, the apex of hip-hop R&B collabs, yeah. Good shout, Cal. Great yeah. shout. Well, Great shout. I'm wearing the bad boy chain today. <laughs> um, I hope you don't fall off. Because <laughs> the last... Um, <laughs> no, my neck doesn't go green. Um, but uh, on the last the last pod, I was wearing the death row chain. We were just fucking sending for everybody. Whereas this time it's bad boy and bad boys move in silence. So all the, all the digs are going to be subliminal. So um, you're doing a David Hay where when he wore a red shirt, it was like, yeah. it was like rage and he was in a blue shirt. So all calm. <laughs> calm. It's calm. Yeah. So bad boy is the subliminal disses today. Um, except for your man, Carl, I'm just sending for him straight up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I think we have to get, you know, the reason I mentioned the bad boy chain is you've got to give bad boy credit. For these rap R and B, uh, hip hop R and B collaborations, they put out some apps. You know, one more chance. Only you remix one twelve. Oh, yes. Um, I need a girl. Uh, um, total, I need a girl. Total, can't you see? Total, yeah. can't you see? Um, just yeah, just <clears throat> loads and loads. Favorite? Well, not not favorite. Really, that's not really a R and B remix. Someone um, SWV did he? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Can we SWV Missy Elliott? Mm. Yeah, P Puffy and R. Kelly. Um, yeah. You know, my favourite singer of all time, R. Kelly. Um, fucking you, know, you tonight. Someone, someone actually said, you know, fucking you tonight, would you play that song, um, R. Kelly and Big? And it's not one of my favourites, but. Yeah. You know, still, still, a, still a banger. Um, yeah, Satisfy You, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And fucking then I'm just tune. scrolling through my little little playlist now and just. Looking... I've got pictures on the wall of um, all these people in 90s hip hop. I'm kind of looking through to see if I kind of remember any. 
Yeah. But Method Man, Mary J. Blige, that's it. Fucking yeah. all I need. Yeah. I should have yeah. put that story to my highlights to remember it. But yeah, Mary J., that's probably one of the other ones that's like top, top level. Method Man did a song with a singer called Janelle called Round and Round. You know what, Kel? Yeah. The first version of that song I heard, and I still think it's the best version, is Janelle and Cool G rap. Ah. Uh, that song appeared, I think it was on Sound Bombing. So you've got, um, I think it's Method Man and someone else on that song with her, Janelle. But the Cool G rap version is amazing. Janelle round and round, big tune. Is that the Does... high tech? Yeah, yeah, high tech. That's it, yeah. Yes, yeah, yes. fucking sick. Does, um, Does fronting count? You know what? I always say that's one of, my, that's one of the best songs of the century. That's why. That's why I asked it. Does fronting count? I think it probably it does. Has to. It has to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, as well. Can't hate on this. It's a little. It's not really R and B, but it's in my little playlist. I'm just scrolling through my Apple Music at the minute. <laughs> NSYNC featuring Nelly, girlfriend. That shit fucking banged. banged. <laughs> that was a banger. Yeah, because that was a. a ne- basically a neptune's beat that hit, they would have used with any number of rappers and it obviously was because that song as far as i understand it was an nsync song and then th- this was essentially a remix so it was like their beat it wasn't like they collaborated on the song and came up with the idea they had the song girlfriend and they had the beat and they just obviously like mashed it together and chuck nelly on there so it could have just it could have been with anyone that instrumental because it's a fucking banger oh it's god you know what else banger. you know no, that reminded me of we're the party at um, jagged edge and nelly Yes. 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 Fucking sick tune. Absolute banger. Yeah, oh, that God, era so was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Even like um even on uh, 8701, like Usher, yes. um there's a what's that track with um with Diddy on it as well? Yes. There's oh, there's yeah. fucking God, you don't have sick to call tune. or is it I don't know. I don't know, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Diddy's verse on there is is sick. Again, it's not really a, like hip hop. But it's more of an R and B with a rapper on it. It's kind of. Cal, I guess I'm it's surprised. Just... I'm, not, I'm surprised you not said this, Carl. But I need the girl. I mean, that's your that's your shit. I said it. I said it. I said that. They did. Girl. Yeah, it yeah. Is, yeah. I said it. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's like there was bad. Like I said, bad boy. They they have to get loads of credit because Puffy loved a remix with us. He 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 got it very early on that if you just throw an R and B singer on with a rapper, that's gonna bang in the clubs and that's gonna do things. Uh, yeah. That's gonna do bits. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at mate, nothing mace really. I, t- I tell you what, I tell you what though, right? Um, people won't realize what a big deal it was when ODB and Mariah did a song together because people wow. see Mariah and they see her doing Heartbreaker and Fantasy and all this other stuff. But back then, she was doing like Visions of Love and these really cheesy R&B ballads. That's all she was doing. And then she just came out and just out of nowhere just did Fantasy. Like, I think it was um, George K on Choice FM. That's how far back I'm going. And he's like, yeah. I've got a song with uh, Mariah Carey and ODB, and I'm going to play it after the, after the break. So this is like an era where there's no YouTube and there's no internet. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like at home thinking, what the fuck's going to happen after the break? And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Have you guys heard the story of how ODB did his verse? No. <laughs> it is a fucking amazing Twitter thread, one of the best Twitter threads I've ever seen. He's basically as kind as I am now, and he did his verse in like 20 bits, probably Aww. exaggerating 20. But they pieced it all together because it's so okay, just like one bar at a time, and yeah. they put it all together. And they they paid him an absolute king's ransom because he was just yeah. like, can't be asked. And they're like, we'll give you fucking loads. And he's like, oh, go on in, like pick me up in a limousine. I want to do this. I want to do that. He just got smashed. Went in the booth, did a bit. Then they wanted to shoot the video, and that was like, he was like, well, I want another hundred grand then. And they're like, no, like it's hundred grand for the song. He's like, yeah, that's the song. 
if you want the video, it's another hundred grand. So fuck off. <laughs> and so they paid him more money to come because they were just chasing like uh, they were throwing like good money after bad basically at him. But yeah, mm. it's a it's a funny it's a very funny story. We've got to do an R and B pod one day. I could be here for now sure. talking about this yeah, shit. Yeah, I mean, for sure. One more big pun featuring Joe, still not a player. Yeah, you just Thanks. fucking nicked that off my running order. Sack I just put it on there. Is that on there? <laughs> yeah, I've just put it in there because I was just that was going to be my life. You fucking rat. Because um, you got so OD- fingers. ODB and Khalees. <laughs> yeah. You, you got ODB and Khalees. You got um, Ghetto Superstar. ODB was on that again. Uh, also, I saw it this week again. It was on Twitter. Um, big pun and, and Danelle. Um, it's so hard. The video, which I've never seen before, is fucking incredible. It is literally everyone in hip-hop is in that video every single wow. person and the video is like one of those like oh, like classic like early noughties where it's like uh slick like interchanging of scenes so it all looks like it's just one shot and it's just literally everyone it is incredible and i was like i like this tune like it's a, it's a really decent r&b hip-hop tune but obviously it just dropped after he died so it was fucking huge and everyone was like yeah of course we'll come down to the video it's, it's big pun uh, if you get a chance to check out the video for It's So Hard, it is incredible. Um, all right, cool. Let's um, let's move on to the next one. I think this this must have come out from maybe like a question or something we brought up last time. I think this was also from UT about what got, got me into Garage. Was that yeah. The, was that yeah, I mean, um, you spoke a little bit about how you got into Garage and um, was a bit was a bit more of a deep dive because I was having loads of arguments with people because I was hip hop. What the fuck is this garage? It's fucking rubbish. You know, people wanted to the garage like, no, no, no. You got to be into like hardcore hip hop. But I mean, to be fair, my first love that I really, really got into was dancehall in the early nineties. But when I see garage like, no, nah, but in the late nineties, people were in a mosquito outfits and you know going to lick parties as I used to go to as well. And you got like, um, you know, Boo by Dynamite. So I performed that live at a lick party and. You know, I just kind of wondered how you kind of got into it, really. Yeah, it's actually it's actually quite a funny story. So basically, I had a friend I grew up with. Like our parents were friends, and we were sort of friends by extension. In the summer holidays, I used to like go to his for like a week, and his mum was like in an, like an administrator at like a scrap yard. So they basically get old cars and then they just fucking like chop them up and all that sort of shit. And he was working there as like. Um, I'm sorry, not working. He was like going in with his mum in summer holidays um, for like a couple of days when she couldn't get childcare. And he was, pro- I don't know, we were probably like 12, 13. And so he'd just go rummaging through these cars like for, for change, basically, or like things he could find in the, in the glove compartment before they get getting chopped up. And he found a tape in a tape deck and took it. And he brought it home and was listening to it. So I come over and he went, mate, I'm listening to this thing. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's uh, some sort of music found it in this thing and we just started listening to it and at the time there was no context so there was no cover it was literally just a blank tape that someone had copied from another tape but as i got older and then like looking back on it what it was it was from a a tape pack which for like you know anyone that was of a certain age was basically like there'd be a rave that'd be on for like a whole weekend or a whole night and they'd basically record all of the sets and then you could buy like a basically like a book that had cassette tapes of all of the different sets and this was just a set from a group called The Click, which was like unknown. It was DJ Pied Piper and Martin Lana back to back. So for the garage heads out there, that was pretty fucking great at the time. And it was unknown MC, PSG, Creed. And then it was also Charlie Brown was on there when he was still alive. Uh, and CKP as well. It was it was amazing. I'd never heard anything like it like you know people talk about oh the first time i heard the beatles well, the first time i heard the click was the first time i'd ever heard garage it was the first time i'd ever heard a new genre 
I'd grown up with soul and Motown and rock and roll and house and stuff like that in the charts. I'd never heard Garage. It was was brand new at that time. Uh, and this was 98, maybe, 98, 99. And so, yeah, it just blew me away. I was like, this is fucking unbelievable. I like, just was obsessed with it, learned all the words um, and just, yeah, just absolutely loved it. And then sort of as the years went on and it became more of a mainstream thing. So like Rewind by Artful Dodger became a number one, I think, or maybe a number two in the charts. And mm-hmm. but there was a, a mainstream crossover. I really sort of like was into it massively, like massively into it to the point where like um, me and like my best friend Gaz, and another guy called Brad, we were like in a little uh, like MC and DJ. He was the DJ and me and Gaz were the MCs. Now, write our own like shit little one, two, three ABC lyrics and all this shit. And um, we, we, like our friends used to run parties called the Dogs Bollocks or like village halls. And they used to charge entrances like for people. And they would, they would make like 300 quid. And it was like, fucking hell, they're rich, like loads of money. And like we would basically do all the music for the night. And I just was obsessed with it to the point where... I genuinely was like, this could be my career. Like, I really want to, like, just do music and just, like, make garage and stuff like that. But as I got older, I got into other forms of music. So I kind of moved away from being so, like, caught up with it. And also it changed. It became grime. It became more of, like, an aggressive story-based art form rather than just, like, a party-based thing. So it became closer, more closely aligned to hip-hop. So I got a lot more into it as a result of that. Um, But I, I... really love the art form i really love the music for me it's like it's our version of hip-hop in the sense of it spawned a complete culture and genre that's that's now what we know is like the grime scene or like even like the sort of our version of like drill i know drill has come from chicago and is their kind of sound but like our version of that is sort of came from grime and then before that like oh. ukg and and jungle and all, all the other sort of british art forms and so i'm really proud of that i'm really proud that we have a genre that no other country has like if you go to any other country in europe and you go uk garage no one fucking knows what it is they don't know it it's really rare that people go oh yeah i know i like i know that and they could like list stuff that uh, that isn't like rewind or like the main hits and there's this whole genre so it's kind of like hip-hop was in like late 80s early 90s but it hasn't gone on it's just stayed in this little bubble of a golden era and it, there there are you know there are new garage producers out there making yeah. new stuff it's amazing but that golden era it was just fucking amazing and um yeah i love it i still love it and i watched ez's 24-hour set and i was buzzing off it and i was like this is so brilliant and it's so british and if you're an american listener or someone that's never heard garage before just fucking listen to it. It's so great, especially in the summer. Well, I mean, Craig David's probably the biggest name to come out of that scene. Yeah. I mean, Carl, were you ever into Garage at all? A, a little bit, a little bit. Um, on the on the last um, the last I don't know if it was the last podcast we were talking about um, what, what got us into rap, and I think I mentioned like my cousin and my cousin's mm. um, my cousin's sister's boyfriend. He was quite into Garage. And he was quite into making beats and all that sort of stuff so we used to listen to a little bit of garage um like on like pirate radio stations and stuff he had like a little fucking a little a little nova uh, i think i've got that car model right i know nothing about cars um yeah as long as it had carburetors that's fine that's all i really care about uh I don't it can't, be a, can't be a car if it hasn't got a carburetor mate when you started talking about it you was talking about cars and stuff and i thought is John got the right kind of garage here? Is he getting mixed up here? I was thinking, <laughs> should I make a dad joke? No, don't, don't do it. Um, but yeah, I was in it a tiny, tiny bit, but not, not really. 
yeah, I mean, for, for me, um, I mean, John Anton's Garage, I think that kind of came out of, um, out of Jungle, you know, Jungle MCs, you know, Skibidi and MC Debt and that lot. And you kind of had the Garage, but what made what made Garage Live Night so good, I mean, I was never really a part of them, was the MC element of it and the click. I hate their biggest song, but John loves it, um, Good Times. Um, but you probably have like PSG, CKP and those guys as back-to-back MCing over like Garage Beats and... Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, for me, the turning point when I kind of thought this shit isn't that bad was um, Rosie Gaines, Closer Than Close. Yeah, and, um, and Tina Moore, Never Gonna Let You Go. Yeah. And I've got, got Rosie Gaines on CD, Tina Moore on vinyl. But I think Never Gonna Let You Go is a point at which, you know what, this shit is actually really good. I want to get, I want, I want to be a part of it. And I guess the parallels in mainstream music is like, um, I mean, I know you guys hate the Beatles, but... Um, they did a song on Revolver called Got To Get You Into My Life. And Paul McCartney wrote that song about kind of getting into, well, kind of getting into drugs more so because John Lennon was always smoking a bit of weed. But I think that song was like, you know what, got to get you into my life to kind of get, be a part of things. And I think they were going to let you go and closer, to, and closer to and closer to two songs that made me think, you know what, this garage shit ain't that bad. Yeah. Ain't that bad at all. But John, man, when, when this pandemic is over, you've got to come to um, 51st State Festival because they happen to have a garage tent. For the entire oh, day. I think back to 95 it's called and you'd love it. Oh mate, that sounds amazing. Um yeah, what I'll do actually, I will probably from the account I'll tweet out a playlist that I put together, which is like that there's always that surface of any genre, right? It's like when you see hip hop playlists and it's just like it's the same fucking stuff and you're just like, oh, but that's fine. Like it's really good stuff, but there's a whole like layer beneath that of like really good stuff. And it's exactly the same with UK Garage. There's like flowers and rewind and do you really like it? All trash, like trash. And then there's like loads of stuff underneath that, like brilliantly put together pieces of music by people like Groove Chronicles that people just would never heard of. MJ like Stone, Cole. MJ Cole, fucking like absolute magician. Like there are there are some brilliant um, pieces of music out there that I think people will get a lot from. So yeah, I'll, I'll put out the playlist um, for the garage stuff on there for people that like that. Um, all right, let's. Um, we're about to get into our um, halftime hype uh, track. Just a quick step back. We're gonna we're gonna be doing some follow up like mini pods, like little bonus episodes. I think this was a great idea from UT, where we get the people on that we we featured in our halftime hype to just give them a bit more of a platform to talk about their project, talk about their their art, um, and to talk about their story a little bit. So we're gonna have Jada Virgo. I've just been speaking to him today. He's gonna come on and speak to us about his album Ten because I've been literally listening to it relentlessly. I fucking love that album. It is brilliant. So he's going to come on and talk to us about that uh, probably next week. So I'll release that next week, which would be great. And then all the other artists that have been on previously, if they want to come on, we're going to get them on. Um, and we're still getting some really good submissions. So make sure you keep sending us over. This week's track um, is by two artists, Trot and uh, Brando Bambino. And um, the track's called Bend the Rules. And they've got their album has basically just dropped. It's called Jules and Vincent. Um, I don't know how I'd describe it. It's really good. It's really good. It's like very, you know, the um, what we talk about all the time, these almost like drumless beats, right? It's yeah. like, you know, when you hear these drumless beats and you think, oh, please let the drums come in and they don't, the drums come in and that's why it's really good. <laughs> yeah. It's like they've got really good loops and you're like, please let the drums come in, please let the drums come in. And then they do and you're like, fucking yes, I'm into this. Uh, and so they sent me this track and immediately you'll know what I mean when you hear it, like the the hook, sorry the loop on this is fucking great um so definitely check it out all the tracks are on the hype uh halftime hype playlist which is on spotify 
Um, it's in the bio and in the link to this episode, so go and check that out. So you're about to hear that, and then we'll be back to do part three. Fuckers want preferential treatment Stack attack free Though we never get to keep it All I hear was like an ADS I just make the best Knowing I just may be next In a level 3 vest P226 Hold up my guest Trying to raid my compound Like I'm David Koresh Smoke a J and reflect Don't associate with niggas That's the slaves to the flesh You'll be faced with regrets It's like you play with house money How you place your bets This ain't the place to flex Cause once they draw my nigg You can't retrace your steps A game of chess I say mate in the next it can only be this way for a select few Gotta learn the rules so you can bend them Certain advantages can prove to be tremendous They say necessity's the mother of invention So we hustle on relenting to the legacy cement. Either you win or you out, ain't no in between Without a reasonable doubt, we can get this cream Stack a feasible amount before they intervene A couple million and we bounce, execute the scheme Either you win or you out, ain't no in between Without a reasonable doubt, we can get this cream Stack a feasible amount before they intervene A couple million and we bounce, execute the scheme High times, Indica, mile high membership Fly like Emirates, wise guy syndicate Still bomb purple tape, only built Cuban link Made in the 90s, when you hear it, that's what you would think Strapped with the coolie treat, life like a movie scene Loop the beat, most cash sweet, like a fruity drink The rap QEP, no tax, duty free Gas by the QDP, stash in the hoopty seat As you can see, been smart from the very start Give them food for thought, culinary arts most these dudes softer than Terry Clark If you only knew the cost, some would pay to be the boss Gotta learn the rules so you can bend them I hit the Western Union soon as Duke can send them Desperation is the best preparation Struggle never finish, gotta push it to the limit Either you win or you out, ain't no in-between Without a reasonable doubt, we can get this cream Stack a feasible amount before they intervene A couple million and we bounce, execute the scheme Either you win or you out, ain't no in-between Without a reasonable doubt, we can get this cream Stack a feasible amount before they intervene A couple million and we bounce, execute the scheme Either you win or you out, ain't no in-between Without a reasonable doubt, we can get this cream Stack a feasible amount before they intervene A couple million and we bounce, execute the scheme Either you win or you out, ain't no in-between Without a reasonable doubt, we can get this cream Stack a feasible amount before they intervene A couple million and we bounce, execute the scheme Okay, that was your halftime hype track, uh, which was by the brilliant <clears throat> Trot and Brando Bambino. The track was called Bend the Rules. Uh, the album is Jules and Vincent's on Spotify. It's everywhere you get your music. Go and check them out. Go and listen to it. Go and stream the album. It's really good. Lots to get into. So I hope you enjoyed that. And it's on a halftime hype playlist. It's like it's like Enya rap, but then Enya does a couple of lines. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I only know one of those songs. I should really hear more of her music. I only know Owen oh, Go Flow. Yeah. What about Sail Away? That's her, isn't it? That's a banger. No a... idea. Yeah. Sail Away, Sail Away. That's a song. That's the same song. Owen oh, Go Flow, Sail Away. Ah. Oh, all right. There you go. Yeah. There we go. So it's, it turns out we just got, we're just giving it two different titles. That's <laughs> Um All right. Let's get into um, part three. The choice is yours. This or that. This or that. This or that. This 
This is basically a choice between two things and why. Could be an album, could be an artist, could be a comedian, could be a sneaker brand, could be anything. Um, we try and keep it binary, one or the other. Um, last week we did uh, Adidas versus Nike. I think between us we settled on Nike because I think yeah. Cal basically went into a rant about how he associates Run DMC with Adidas and they're trash. Uh, they're the, the worst group in hip-hop of all time. Um, so I think that's kind of where we landed. So I put it out to our lovely audience and they voted, the people have spoken, 62% prefer Nike. So I think we were, I think we landed on the right, I think we got the consensus. And it's not like a complete, like, it is a landslide, yeah. but it's close enough that it's like, I think that's probably fair. To be clear... I do like Adidas, but I do prefer I, I do prefer Nike up the two. Adidas do some decent yeah. stuff. Yeah, you're wearing exactly. you're wearing Adidas, aren't you, T? Um, Adidas yeah. top and bottoms and socks. Yeah. I can see. Do you know what? Fair play. Do you know what? We've done really, really well to keep this thirty-eight percent because we've been proper gunning for these Etni people for ages, and they're still with us. So thank you so much for still listening to us and voting on the polls, even though we gun you every week. Yeah, we pro wallets. But to be fair, you, you think the sort of Velcro wallet Etnies crew—they like the punishment. That's sort of part of being a, yes. like, you know, you know, yes. part of it, isn't it? You yes. want to be like treated with disdain. Um, yeah. So, talking of uh, sort of Etni Velcro wallet type stuff, this is quite a hipster question I've got here. Um, okay. Hopefully, it's quite topical. The the choice is yours this week. It's very simply vinyl or digital. Now I'll give you the reasons why. Because I saw I saw a tweet the other day that I felt personally attacked by. It was like, <laughs> um, shout outs to those people who collect vinyl and don't have a record player. <laughs> You're a twat, <laughs> and I was like, that is me. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I was like, fuck, that is me. And actually, like, all jokes aside, I was like, yeah, I'll take that. Like, I'll fully take that. We don't we don't have a, a vinyl player, but I have like a collection of classic albums on vinyl. Um, and I just suddenly thought, like, digital is fucking brilliant. Like, I love the fact I can just get in my car and listen to any album at any time. And I also really like vinyl. And I, so I was thinking to myself, like, in a world where one of those has to get binned, there's very, there's very different reasons why I like both. But if I had to pick one, and that became, like, the way to listen to music forever, like, which one would I actually go for? So I thought I would ask this question to you boys as well. So let's, um, let's start with you, Cal. What, what's, um, what do you reckon, mate? I think it is actually a really, really good question. Um, I don't own... Actually, I own one vinyl which is looking right at me, but that was, like... Um, it was like a part of a. I went to a gig and it was part of going backstage and you got a signed vinyl. I yeah, I don't own any vinyls. If I was to like change the question to like physical or digital, that would make mm. it more difficult for me because yeah. right again, right underneath where I'm sat, there is like five crates of CDs there, and like you, I don't own a CD player. Um, so I've recently got rid of it because I never fucking used it. Yeah. Um, so it's actually a really really good thing but if they said okay you and you have to pick like one of these is going to disappear that's really really hard um because there is something nice about getting the physical thing out looking at it holding it touching it kind of like books and kindles and all those kind of yeah. things as well so i think it's difficult it's difficult because i i i enjoyed going shopping for cds i really loved it it was at such yeah. a such a formative part of my life when I was really, really getting into music where I would go out and spend hundreds of pounds on CDs. But for the last 10 years or whatever, I have enjoyed the pursuit of finding music online. I've quite enjoyed that. 
it's tough one or the other. Um, I think if I had to keep one, I guess digital, because I guess it's just so nice and neat and you can organize it how you want to. But it's really hard. It's really hard. Yeah, fair. T, how about you, mate? Um, I mean, obviously, I'm older than you guys. I was collecting vinyl, first of all, and then it was CDs and now it's digital. Um, I mean, a, a good example I've got is a lady, I'm going to butcher her name, Gaydar, G-A-I-D-A-A, don't know how you pronounce that. And um, I bought the digital album and I've forgotten I even have it, <laughs> you know, yeah. because um, it's one of those where I didn't like it on the first few listens. And it's, it's a perfectly good album, just didn't really resonate with me. And because of digital, it's disposable. It's not yeah. on my face. I don't see it every day. I don't get up out of my bed and see the see the record or the CD there. And I give up. I find it easier to give up on a digital release than a physical one, you know. Um, I don't have a record player, so I've not bought vinyl in probably 20 years, maybe more. In terms of CDs, I still buy. I still bought them up to last year. I was buying CDs. I will probably pick physical because I feel that... Um, if digital disappears forever, then, you know, it's disposable, isn't it? But at least if I'm a physical album, I've actually gone out of my way to support the artist. So I'll pick physical. Um, yeah, it's a good shout. I think you boys make both uh, really good points. And the, the last thing you said there to you about, you know, essentially for the artists, it's actually a lot better. And so you, you it's more um, it's more democratic now in the sense of like anyone can put music out, but essentially like everyone gets screwed and especially like breakthrough artists. Like before, if you were an underground artist and you, you sold like a couple of thousand white labels, that was a, quite a fucking good return. And that could like help you and fund you to make some more music and do more. And I think now it's, it's quite hard for people to do that. And you'll get a lot of... I saw something the other day as well. It was another tweet where it was basically like someone was like, I don't want to live in a world where the only people whose music I hear are the ones who are good at the internet. And yeah. I'm like, that's, that's a good point, right? You could that's just be, show. you could just be a band that just like makes some fucking amazing music. And then someone goes, that's great. I want to make an album with you. And you take them to a studio and record something that goes on vinyl and it like gets put around radio DJs and they become a massive band or a rapper or whatever it is. I do feel like that's gone a little bit for the sake of like it's just like easier to do it but there's a certain level of kind of it's just not done on the internet but so you I look do, at sorry well, to gonna say, you look at someone like mark rebier who mm. is good at the internet and yeah. he is amazing and i'd imagine he's not selling cds or whatever at the trunk and he's an example of someone who's good at the internet who you hear and he's just like an absolute genius and he's talking of erica badu and snoop dog but then because the barriers to entry aren't there anymore, it's not about who you know, it's just like, you know, you got you open up a social media page and you're out there, it kind of levels out the playing field a little bit, but then it kind of may, it may well dilute the quality. I don't know. Yeah. But maybe, maybe the, the, the powers that be have less control over what we're listening to because in years gone by, unless you're, unless you're with a record label, we weren't going to hear your music. True. But now, but now it's that you can hear anyone's music, so... Yeah, it's true. I think I think basically the only thing stopping me from picking vinyl is the mobile aspect. So like when I go for a walk or if I go for a run, not being able to listen to vinyl in those mediums or in a car, like that would be difficult. If the que- like you said, Cal, if the question was physical, so like CDs in the mix and tape and stuff, then I think that's actually for me would become quite an easy choice. I would bin off digital. But if it is just vinyl, 
the pro the upside is like live shows an actual dj should mix on vinyl in my opinion that that is the true skill set like that i want to see and when you see dj's mix on vinyl is fucking beautiful thing um listening to it it sounds sounds great the collectible aspect the art of an actual like cover like that is dead in digital like and, it, and i find that really sad um but it is the being on the move and stuff like that so I guess yeah. I guess ultimately, when I weigh it all up, like we live in the age of convenience, and I think I would be fucking lost now if I had to go back to not having music when I was out and about. So I'm I'm also going to have to go with with digital, and that fucking pains me because you know how much I love to just you know be be old school, old man, New York, um, bootcut jeans and vinyl. Um, but I'm going to have to disappoint and go for digital. But if it was physical, then I think it's a, it's a no-brainer. You can record vinyl to tape, though. So True. I was going to say CD Walkman. Yeah, true. CD Walkman or just record vinyl to tape like I did in the 90s. You know, you've got auto-reverse. You haven't got to like, turn the tape over. True. So uh, I'm, I'm going to pick vinyl for the sake of, you know, a bit of division. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's yeah, it's, I don't think any of, I don't think it was an easy answer, was it, for any of us, really? No. No, that's a good. That's good. It's it's better when it's like that. But we will let the people decide. So we will put this out as a poll. So make sure you vote. Go and have a look on uh, Notorious uh, Pod's Twitter account, Notorious P underscore O underscore D, and get involved in a poll. Um, all right, let's get into part four. It's the questions, boy. It's the this is where we answer your listener questions. We've had quite a lot of good ones this week. Quite a lot of good ones. Um, so we, we'll do our best to answer them all because they they were great. Um, we had one that I included very late because it came in very late, but I thought it was actually a bit of a banger. Um, and it was from our friend, um, Miss Congeziality, um, <laughs> a.k.a. at B-Boy Edgy, who always comes with the fire on the question. So big, big shouts. Um, we've seen footballers Bradley Wright Phillips and Yannick Balassi grime clash at Lord of the Mics. Which famous people, first known for other things, do you think would would have good bars, and you like to butt butt heads as an MC? Could be live rap battles, could be diss tracks, grime or dancehall clashes, etc. Cheers. So I thought that was a good one, and the first thing that popped into my head was, um, wasn't it pretty funny when there was that clip of Gary Oldman uh, rapping? <laughs> and I was thinking, yes. right, Gary Oldman is contender number one. Like, we need mm. to get him in a clash against another, like, unexpected hip hop fan. I read somewhere that Dale Winton was really into hip hop, oh but God. I don't know whether really? that's, that's bullshit or not. But yeah, I've, I've heard he was into hip hop. The funny thing with you saying Dale Winton is that um, dancehall is notoriously homophobic, but there's a massive grantle of the gay community who enjoy dancehall music. It just kind of reminded me of what you said there with Miguel Winton. I've got quite a, a vanilla answer for that. And I think someone like Deli Ali has always got something to say. And obviously we're all three of us are Spurs fans, but it'd be fine to see Deli Ali on Lord yeah, of the Mics. Against Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love Gary Oldman. And the clip that you referred to, you're talking about the album now. I'll probably talk about every other episode. It's Diamond D, Stunt Blunt, and Hip Hop. And yeah. the fact that Gary Oldman likes the album, just, oh my God, I just love to meet him and talk about that album for an yeah. entire evening. It's just, the album has just has everything. And the fact that he likes it just, oh, just warms my heart. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's great because he's with. Uh, they're obviously on the set of a movie. He's with Common, isn't he? Yeah, and he's yeah. just he's just fucking going in like knows it line for line. And Common's just there like, oh shit, like he knows what he's doing. Uh, I love that. How about you, Cal? Any any outsiders that you'd suggest for this fictional battle? Um, I first kind of when you asked the question, I was like, oh, that's tough. But then I started to think about boxers um, because. Um, not I, I think the easy one is like uh Muhammad Ali was one of the early rappers, you know, before yes, hip hop yes. was before hip hop was the thing. Him and his hype man Bundini, they were they were kind of the early rappers. They would put rhymes together and say them, you know, um all of that, you know, that kind of stuff. And then I started to think about okay, who's the like best smack talkers in boxing? Uh a young Floyd Mayweather was really quick speaker. Uh Bernard Hopkins is uh probably the best mental fighter of all time so i think he'd have bars as well um so i think um yeah adrian broner he put out an album he put out an old album really yeah like he's done actual music i don't think it's very good i think uh one of the boxing sites actually reviewed it for the lols um yeah i don't think it was great but adrian broner actually actually made an album so yeah i thought about boxers and i thought yeah bernard hopkins floyd broner one of those Oh, I've got one. I've got one. This, you just reminded me. Brian Clough. <laughs> you know why? Because you mentioned Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Muhammad Ali in the 70s. You know what? I've heard that there's a guy in England who's a bit of a, well, trying, you know, kind of, um, you know, paraphrasing, you know, gobby cunt called Brian Clough. Right. Right. And yeah, I reckon, you know, a reincarnated Brian Clough hologram. Yeah. Battling people. You know, clumping fans. <laughs> Imagine Adrian Broner versus Brian Clough. Oh, I love rap that. And he's just clumping one of his homeboys. His homeboys just yeah. like stepping up, gives him a clump. Really, he's like yeah. green sweater. So fuck you, clump. Yeah, yeah. what? Well, of that, you mug. That oh, mate, yeah, he comes along that. with a hairbrush and he just smacks it out of his hand. Yeah. Fuck off, you nuds. <laughs> Oh, I fucking love it. Great question. Uh, thanks for that. That was, that was fucking belting. And um, we had a question from um, Bump, who's uh, been on been on one of the early episodes of this pod. Um, came up with the famous line about a girl um, who he slept with on a lad's holiday, and he referred to her as a little fat dinosaur. Um, <laughs> which is very disrespectful, but very, very funny. Um, he's just asked us, I think this was um, sort of, again, another sort of Twitter trope that was going around, which was like, best third albums. Um, now, I haven't done, as, as per norm, I haven't done any research on this. So I'll, I'll defer to either of you two if you have anything in mind. Otherwise, let's park it and we'll answer it next week. We'll come back with some, with some research on this one. I've got a couple of very obvious ones. Um... Go on, mate. Midnight Marauders, Tribe Called Quest, um, Mighty Waters, Red Man, and uh, da, 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 da. maybe, I don't know if Hard to Earn is a third album by a gangster. Yeah. Hell on Earth, got... Deep. Yeah, it's a shout. It's a great shout. Didn't think about that. I always think of it as the second album, really. But yeah, it's a great shout. Good call. I mean, you could do the same thing, Marshall Mathers LP, Eminem, couldn't you? If you, mm. if you include Infinite. So that kind of vibes. Um it's a good, good question. It's a bit of a, it's one of those. It's like, I'd have, I should, I mean, he asked this question a week ago. We could definitely we could come back to it. We'll come back to yeah. it next week. We'll come oh. back to it next week. We'll come back to it next week. Good question, though, Bump. Um, from Sam LB on Instagram, uh, he has asked, How do you rate the UK scene compared to the US? 
And then he's put Dave and Chip in particular. Now, the reason that I've included this, we have another question that's kind of on a similar line. So I think it's a good launch pad question to go into that. Um, Cal, talk to me a little bit about how you see the UK scene now compared to the US, because we've always sort of been in their shadow a little bit, haven't we, in terms of like hip hop and we've like sort of carved out our own like music forms like we've spoken about grime and that kind of thing. But but right now we actually have some of the I'd say some of the better artists across across you know the world. So what do you think of Dave and Chip in particular? And what do you think just generally about the UK scene versus US at the moment? Yeah. We're kind of the um the chippy younger brother to the US. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll always we'll give it beans and we'll give it a big one, but the US are always going to be the big brother because they're a bigger country, therefore there's more people, therefore there's more rappers, there's more yeah. talent. That's just the way it is and the way it's going to be. It's just simple maths. Um, but we've, we have, our, our scene is thriving. And like you were saying before about the drill scene, that's, that's, I, like you said, we borrowed it from Chicago, but we've made it our own. Um, Dave has released, you know, critically acclaimed album. Stormzy, I know we were kind of, digging him out a tiny bit last week not really digging him out but a tiny bit he's done bits as well and he's done bits with big artists as well chip i love chip i think he's great um i think you know i think again it's almost like our boxing scene we think our boxing is the best and it's the best in the world but america and vegas and the lights it will always be the bigger brother but we're doing bits we're doing bits we've got a lot to be proud of yeah how do you think t i feel that you know, we're supporting our own and we haven't really got to compare it. It's comparing apples and oranges. It's not worth saying, I don't know, is our best MC going to be the US's best MC? We've just got to support our own and support our own scene. And that's what's happening now. And you talked about, I mean, Johnny mentioned earlier on about the evolution from garage to grime to to what it is now. And it's hip hop. It's not hip hop as we know it. Yeah. So, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, you've got, you got the Skinny Man album, um, Count to the State of Mind, which is called the UK Illmatic. And it's not about competitive US, it's about, just about our own scene thriving. It's not about whether we're better than them or worse than them. It's about just having a thriving scene where a rapper who's born on these shores can can make it, quote unquote. And, yeah. and they and, and, and there's there's an infrastructure in place where they can make it. Yeah, spot on, mate. Absolutely spot on. I think um, that you both make really good points. Just to piggyback on on Cal's point about like they'll always be the big, big brother. I totally agree with that. The sort of the legacy and the culture of being the sort of source of the origin of of the sort of main components of that scene will always like will always dominate it. I guess the way that I see the UK at the moment is a little bit like to carry on the analogies. The big brother passes you down like an old denim jacket and a pair of jeans, right? And it served him great for all those years. And what we've decided is like we'll stick a little fucking badge on on the shoulder and we'll get a pin and we'll cut off the sleeves and you know we'll put rips in the jeans we'll roll a, them up we, a stony badge exactly yeah. exactly mate and we'll add something a little bit to it and we've we've kind of taken the core elements and we've created a couple of different scenes off the back of those elements and that's what I think we can be proud of it's not that like like T said it's not that we've got the best rapper now it's just that we've got seen that stands independently to others and people take that seriously independent rather than just trying to do hip hop like the US in an English accent so I think that was a really good question um, I said it was a launch pad for another question because we had um, someone else asked us um, Mouse and Grouch on Instagram or is it Moose and Grouch I don't know I've had, I've had a couple of beers um, they've said I would love your thoughts on Pete and Baz 
they cannot be ignored nowadays. Flash in the pan, comic, piss takers, or genuine bar-spitting geniuses. Are they real or a secret underground side project from a big gamer? Worth a show dissecting this type of a phenomenon. Great question. Great question. Because this is kind of what we were just talking about then, which is this idea of subgenres and, and little niche things. And I remember seeing them on like Instagram on one of these like little videos. And it was like two old boys spitting fucking savage bars. And I was like, oh, this is novel. Like, what a laugh. Like, isn't this funny? And then there was another track and another track and they were all fucking great. And I was like, these guys are, I would much prefer to listen to these guys than most other drill artists out. They've got actually got bars. This is actually good. This is not also just like, I was good because they're old. It's just good, like objectively really decent. So it is a really interesting phenomenon and it is a really interesting story because it's like rumors of ghost writers and so everyone's guessing who it is and we spoke to obviously flav friend of the show and he was like oh yeah i've heard cass's dead's writing for them and i've, I've basically heard every fucking rapper in the country's written for him i've probably written for him at this rate <laughs> like you know every everyone's talking about him, and that is a buzz you can't buy like that is like genuinely quite amazing so it's a really interesting phenomenon um t what's your what's your take on on the whole pete and baz thing mate mate i absolutely love it it's, um you know as you said when you were defending Garage and the last pod is English as ours. And you know, the bars are good, they're intricate, and it doesn't even matter if they've written it or not, or if it's ghostwritten. Normally in hip hop, that's like a no no. Mm. Someone else writing the bars for them. But no, I, I absolutely love it. It's a good little niche and you know, it's got legs. It's absolutely got legs. And you know, who knows, maybe one day they'll have Maybe it'd be like Power, where they did like Power Book Part 2, where they got like grandkids who, you know, are in the game from school. Yeah. You know, I'd be like selling, selling like a G of weed, selling a G of Star Dog to their mates <laughs> <laughs> at the school playground. It'd be like the fucking, what's it called? Oh, what's the thing? Is it Kids Bop? Yeah, Bop Kids Bop. Yeah, it'd Kids be Bop. like that, but like a Kids Bop version of it. Yeah, I'm fucking <laughs> That'd be amazing. That. Mate, can you imagine? <laughs> Cal, what's, um, what's your take on Pete and Baz, mate? Do you know what? When when I read I read the question and it was kind of flashbacks to the beginning of the podcast where I was like, who the fuck is that? And then <laughs> and then I thought, did I does he mean Pete Gas from the wrestler from the late nineties? I was like, <laughs> is that who he's talking about? From the Mean Street Posse in the late nineties. I was like, no, nah, it can't be. And then you started to describe them and I was like, Oh, it's those fucking old boys with the bars. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. I didn't know their name. I've just seen the videos and stuff. I think they're great. Um and I agree with you, John. I think that they've actually, like, it's actually good to listen it's really to. Good. Like, it's, it's really good. good. To yeah, it's they probably so do have a ghost writer. So fucking what? It's just a bit yeah. of fun. They're not out there, you know, they're not like Drake out there claiming to be like the fucking greatest of all time or anything. They're just fucking a couple of old boys having a piss take with some raps. Yeah. I think they, I think it's really good. I think it actually sounds quite good. And it's quite funny as well. So, yeah, but to yeah. crack on. What I what I like about it, and I talk about this all the time, is my my favourite accent in the entirety of this country mm. is a is a London, uh, what I would I would guess is like a a West Indian English London accent. Right. So there is nothing quite like that that like tang of of sort of like the West Indian influence, but like London Cockneyish accent right right it's this really rich accent that when you when you meet people that grew up in london from the west indian community the accent and their like their voice and the tone of their voice i fucking love it it's perfect and so when you when you get that style right whether you're whether you are from that community or whether you're just like 
a white cockney or even from north london you just have that like rich proper born in london accent Mm. that over drill is fucking excellent i love it and it's exactly the same when you you get certain like rappers that rap in that way that have this like it's a cockney accent it's not a like a inner city london accent you know like most rappers now it's like a it's more of an urban accent quote unquote it's not like a cockney london accent it's just like the newer generation sort of picked up and it's a, a mixture of those different influences from different cultures that have made the sort of newer london accent right it's not recognizable as like a cockney accent but there are people that still have it so i'm, I'm like roots maneuver perfect example yeah Roots Maneuver's voice and tone, and it's that mixture between sort of that old West Indian culture and, and style of, of, of talking, but but proper London, that to me is perfect. So these guys capture that a little bit. It's like the craze and fucking sh- shooters and like just it's just geezer, <laughs> geezer activity. And I love it, and it's just over the sort of music that I like. You know, that's to me that's that's why I find it really exciting. Also, I found out from. And I'm so sorry if I'm butchering this, Moose and Grouch or Mouse and Grouch. Um, that Baz is uh, a Yiddo. He's a Spurs fan. Right. Oh, I love that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Which which immediately elevates him to be a complete legend. Um, and there is a potential that he may be up for doing something on the point. He might come on and like give us a bit of an interview about what nice. they're doing. I love that. Which That's is so good. Just great. So watch this space. If we can get Pete and Baz on, or at least Baz. Um, then that will be a great day. Amazing. Awesome. So yeah, thanks for the question. Thanks for reaching out. Um, if you, if anyone else has like contacts with other interesting people, feel free to reach out. Like we, we're, you know, we want to talk to some interesting people. We're not, yeah. you know, we might not, we don't get the big dogs. I mean, aside from us three, obviously we don't get the big yeah. dog interviews. Um, but let's, let's get Pete and Baz. Let's get some interesting people on there. Cause yeah. it'd be good to talk to them. Um, or just get some proper villains that have done some yeah. proper naughty things in their time. Yeah. Not, so, not R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> no, not our Kelly, but like proper geezer, geezer types. Yeah, we want, yeah. yeah East, this pod's perfect, like the sort of perfect Venn diagram is basically East End geezer villains yeah. and hip hop. That's that's really what we're aiming for. Um, yeah. So if anyone has any connections to, you know, the craze or the Richardsons, like talking to their yeah. grandson, that'd be good. Just shit like that. Um, What's all be... the Richardsons in cinema? Oh, right. Oh. I think yeah, one of the guys yeah. and bosses in it. Fucking hell, that film was so bad. Yeah, I I bought like a second hand copy from Blockbuster. <laughs> it was like two ninety nine. I was like, oh yeah, Richardson's. Yeah, let's watch this. And it's like, yeah, it's got fucking uh, what is it? Luke Goss, is it? One of them. Yeah. One, one of them. them in it, and it's like, oh my god, this is bad. But you know what? I'll still watch it. Some films are just like so bad, but they're good. Like yeah. there's like the the Gotti film with John Travolta in it. It's oh, quite, it's quite new. I fucking, I quite liked it. Oh, so, it's so, it so bad. shit. I told you boys about when I lived with my mate once and um, I got home and I was like, oh, fucking hell, I fancy watching Menace to Society, right? So I, I popped it in the DVD player, watched it, went to bed. My housemate comes in the next day and one of his mates comes over and uh, they're both they're both uh, Luton Migs, right? So they were like, oh, proper into like hooligan films. You know, there's that film about Cass. Yeah, yeah. And, and so... Glenn, my housemate, was like, oh, I've got uh, I've got Cass on DVD, Rob. Um, it's in the lounge. Stick it in, right? So Rob heard that as it's already in the PlayStation. Just turn it on. So <laughs> the Cass is dead DVD box is sitting on top of the PlayStation. He turns it on and Minister Society starts. Well, he's never seen Minister Society. <laughs> and, and, he, and he knows it's about Cass being a big geezer in the scene. He thinks, well, he's black. So that 
works out. But I didn't realise he was American. This is a bit of a weird start to the movie. Uh, and they said he got 25 minutes in before they realised it wasn't Cass. That's like, amazing. That's incredible. So they were watching Minister Society and they thought they were watching Cass. Fucking brilliant. Um, so yeah, again, another perfect trifecta of what we're looking for. So thanks for all the questions this week. Um, as always, if you want to reach out to us, you can do it on Twitter. Uh, notorious p underscore o underscore d instagram notorious pod the website you can give us questions on there www.notoriouspod.com submit your music there uh halftime playlist and all that shit it's available on the website um again new article by james holder go and check that out all about samples and the history of samples fucking brilliant um cal thanks mate thanks for joining us where can people follow you mate if they want to check more shit of your shit out Uh, at bc the grand slam and also and also uh, new below the belt. So for the boxing fans out there, there's a lot of boxing fans who, who listen to this pod. Yeah, to- yeah, man. We did recorded a new one yesterday um, with T and Alex from Bristol from the Fighting Cock. Uh, that was loads and loads of good fun as well. Um, and then the actually even the last podcast we did recently was uh, it's quite timeless content to be honest because we were kind of talking about the state of the game, state of boxing right now, British boxing and where we are. So yeah, we've got two quite recent podcasts uh, that we've done, which I'm really really pleased with. Beautiful. And T, thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. Where can people follow you, buddy? You're welcome. It's um, Thelonious Filth, Thelonious like the jazz musician, Thelonious Monk, and Filth as in filthy on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. That's it. Beautiful. Well, thanks, boys. We will be back uh, in a couple of weeks to bring you another episode. Um, but thanks very much. It's been a pleasure as always. And get ready for the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Notorious POD, a hip hop podcast. This was a hip hop forum episode. So a special thank you to Cal and T for their insight as always. Big up to man like Grindhouse, who's made all the theme music for the show. So please follow him on Twitter and show him some love at Music Grindhouse and on Spotify by searching for Grindhouse. That's G-R-I-N-D House. Please remember to leave us a review or as we call it, your five for five. So give us a five star review and in return, you can leave us your top five favorite MCs of all time. Remember, we'll be adding all the songs mentioned and featured in our episodes on a Spotify playlist. So if you search for the Notorious podcast joints you will find it if you don't already please follow us on twitter at notorious p underscore o underscore d on instagram we're at the notorious pod and follow me on insta and twitter at the real john bass that's j-o-n-b-a-s-s see you next time peace peace